Welcome to 2022, our year of great increase, as prophesied by our pastor, Pastor Boni Bahati. We believe that as you listen to this sermon, God will greatly increase and multiply you in all the five core areas of your life. Be blessed as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for today. Please speak to us in Jesus' name. So my sermon today is titled Church Cloth Campaign, Romans 8, 28. What does the Bible say? Can we read it together? The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, God intends us to have churches that are growing. Tell about God intends for us to have churches that are growing. It is the intention of God that the church will become a mighty mountain and that the church will become strong all over the world. That's the intention of God. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, for a great and effectual is open for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, but there are many adversaries. For a great and effective door is opened unto me. Okay, use New King James. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. So an open door, an open door, means that there are many great prospects to do ministry and to do church growth. An open door means that there are many great prospects to do ministry and to have church growth. The Bible says that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So that tells me that the intention of God is to make sure that the door that leads towards the church of Jesus being built is always open and always effective. The reason why I speak about church growth campaign is because this is the main reason why Jesus came into this world. Number one, Jesus came into this world to die and save sinners just like you and me. And the second reason why he came and what he's still doing to date is the Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So Jesus came to establish his church. Jesus never came to establish a microfinance. Jesus never came to establish a company, a cleaning company. Jesus never came to establish a restaurant. Jesus came to establish his church. And also, I say to you, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not do what? Prevail. So church growth campaign is a campaign that is geared towards entering the door that leads to church growth. And why do we enter that door? The reason why we enter that door is because that is one of the main reasons why Jesus came into this world, to establish his church. Remember to establish his church. He came into this world. Tell your neighbor to establish his church. He came into this world. 
So an open door means that there are many prospects for ministry and for church growth. So a great door to church growth is open to all Christians who care to experience the fulfillment of this prophecy. A great and effective door for church growth is open to all Christians who care to experience the fulfillment of this prophecy. It has been prophesied, so it must surely come to pass. But it only come to pass if you and I care to believe in the fulfillment of this prophecy. And the prophecy is an effective and great door has been opened unto us. An intellectual door has been opened in the ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, this reminds me that doors are not always open. There are doors that are only open for some time. For example, the door to this church is not always open. Right? There are times you come and find that the door to the church has been closed because doors are not permanently open. Neither are doors permanently closed. So the intellectual father door for church growth is not a door that will always be open. It is a door that will only be open for a certain period of time. The Bible says in Revelation that I hold the key of David. And the door that I open, no man can shut. And the door that I shut, no man can open. Meaning, there are doors that God will open in your life. And nobody can close them. I see doors being opened in your life. I see doors of opportunities being opened in your life. Doors of progress are being opened in your life. The prophecy you believe is the prophecy that works for you. And how do I know you believe a prophecy? By shouting, Amen. The Bible says, even prophet Jeremiah said what? So it's your responsibility to do what? To say, Amen. So I say, I see doors being opened in your life. Career doors are opening in your life. Amen. Financial doors are opening in your life. Amen. Ministry doors are opening in your life. Amen. But these doors will not always be open. There are certain doors that are open for a certain season. For example, the door of your youth will not always be open. You know, recently I was just remembering we were celebrating someone's birthday. And just like that, the guy is one year away from being 30. One year away from getting to that. No, not you are 20s, Zisha Isha. If you are one year away from being 30 years, and when you say your 20s are already over, most of you think you'll be 20 forever. That door will not always be open. That door will not always be open. Skitter, you'll not always be 22, 23, or 24 now. 23, you'll not always be 23. Seven years from now, you'll be 30. You will no longer be a youth. Mm -mm. I know in Kenya even a 45-year-old will say they are youth. But I'm talking about youth who have strength to behave like a youth. Ten years from now, Kupiga Luku will be the least of your concerns. Ten years from now. Austin. Pigasai. Ten years from now, Gibu. It will be the least of your concerns. It will be the least of your concerns. Other things will have overtaken you. So the door of your youth will not always be open. 
Another door that will not always be open is the door of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> There's a door called the door of marriage. The Bible says, if a virgin is in the flower of her age, she should do what? She should marry. If a virgin is in the flower of her age, she should marry. Meaning, there's a certain time that God expects you to make the decision on who to marry. And once that season passes, that door shuts. <laughs> I have to preach the truth. The Bible says, if any man thinks he's behaving improperly towards his virgin, if she is past the flower of youth, if she is what? Thus it must be. Let him do what he wishes. Meaning, let him do what? Let him marry. If you are behaving improperly, you are not behaving properly towards the opposite sex, and she is past the flower of her youth, let her marry. Some of you don't know that you have just entered the flower of your youth. From around 22 to 26, that's the flower of your youth. That's when, if you are a girl, that's when you are most beautiful. That's the truth. That's when you will be the most beautiful. Hmm? From around 22 to 26. The season has come to an end. Time is up. That's when you are most... And why do I say this? There's a part of your brain, I've forgotten the name. It's on the left side of your brain. That fully develops when you are 24. The emotional part, right? The emotional part of your brain fully develops when you are 24. Fully develops. Before then, it's not yet developed. That's why you've been in and out of relationships. Because you are not fully developed emotionally. So if a guy just comes and tells you, Chris, if a lady comes and tells you, Chris, you say, oh my God, I think I'll marry you. So that door will not always be open, ladies. Yes, you don't always be open. Most of some of you ladies are in a bubble. You think you'll always have those bam bam. A time is coming. Well, baby, no more. <laughs> a time is coming. Ladies, you think that you'll always be at 9.15. A time is coming that you'll be at 9.30. Get it? It's about to go down. <laughs> if you don't get it, go home. A time is coming. So not all doors are always open. Another door that is not always open is the door of salvation. The Bible says when you hear this message, do not harden your heart like your fathers did. For the day of salvation is today and is now. Now is the time for salvation. Look, it is said, scientifically studies have shown, that people who don't give their lives to Jesus while they are uni in universities, it is very hard. The easiest place to give your life to Jesus is in high school. If you don't give your life to Jesus in high school, the chances of giving your life to Jesus in campus are very slim, if, especially if you come from KU and BMU. <laughs> it's very slim. Nazarene, the door is open. Look at this guy. He's saying, like, because he went to Nazarene, he's saying, Nazarene, that it's not even there, it's not open. Once you enter campus, the door of salvation is dim, is narrower. 
Once you leave campus, if you've not given your life to Jesus, unless the Lord comes through, Kisha, because the cares of this world begin to cons consume your mind. So now you're not concerned about those things. You're concerned about how will I eat? Because the moment you leave campus, pocket money out. Ama ujui? Ama saibado wakuna? If you're in that year, you're almost out of the door of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as in the rebellion. Don't. Because that door will not always be open. An intellectual and fervent door is open unto me. The door of marriage, the door of salvation, the door of your youth. Another door that will not always be open is the door to serve Jesus. That door is not always open. That door opens at specific times. The Bible says night comes when no man can serve the Lord. Night comes when no man can serve God. So serve God when it is still day. Because night comes when you can't serve God. What you don't know is the greatest blessing there is on earth is the blessing to serve the maker. The reason why you are created, you are created to be a personal person of God. You are personal possession. So the reason why you are here is so that you can serve God. You are not here to make money. If you are here to make money, when you die, you will have gone with your money to heaven. But do you go with your money? Do you know, by the way, at your deathbed, money is the least of your concerns. Power is the least of your concerns. At your deathbed, even your wife is the least of your concerns. When you are on your deathbed, right now you cannot even breathe because of your girlfriend. You are saying, if you leave me, I will not breathe. You leave me breathless. It's a lie. When you're on that deathbed, when you actually can't breathe, she's the least of your concerns. Even if she's there, you can't see her. And nowadays dying is like drinking water. You can be walking like this, you poop, gone. I had a story recently of someone I knew. I saw how, I saw them one week, the following week after they are dead. I said, hey, kwani yata death in anger dalili? I kwambi? alam. You know, Kitambo used to say, ah, watu wayangu wakufangi, I'll die when I'm old. You'd actually, if you hear someone is dead, nowadays you don't even ask age. Because a 20-year-old can die. I remember when this church started, we were, there's a certain girl who was in our church. She was 17 or 18 years. One Sunday she was in church. The next, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, I received a text, so and so has died. What happened? She had internal injuries. I think either cancer or I can't remember. And she died. And on Sunday she was dancing in church. I've never forgotten what I felt that day. I said, hey Lord, then help me to number my days. Because the Bible says, number your days. Number them. You don't have time. You don't have time. Look, I was recently, I was telling my wife, when my son will be 10 years, I'll be 37 years. That is to tell me I have no time. I have no time. Ten years from now, I'll be 37. <laughs> when you think like that, you say, my God, what is life? Some people don't want to think what they will be. <laughs> they don't want to think what they will be. 
10 years from now if you are 22 you'll be Na hapo ndio maisha inaanza kufanya nini? Kukusukuma. That's why in your 20s if you remember what I taught you guys a while back, 20s called the decade of decision and discovery. 20s. 20s is when you discover who you are. Is when you discover what God has for you. Is when you discover what God wants you to do. It is in your 20s that people discover that. Then you enter the second phase, the second decade. It's called the decade of sprouting. People sprout in their 30s. It is in your 30s that you start seeing that the things you used to believe God for are actually happening. You have a car, you have a house, you have a ministry or you have something you are doing, you have opened your company, your company is blossoming, it's in their 30s. Rarely does it happen in your 20s. 20s is when you are discovering, you are working hard to make it happen. You are trying to make it happen because you are yet to discover actually what do I need to do? But now it is so scary if in your 20s when others are trying to discover you are sleeping it's not possible <laughs> it's not possible <laughs> in your 20s when other <laughs> when other <laughs> anywho what was i saying so it becomes very dangerous when others are sprouting you have nothing to sprout right in people who are in their 30s because when they were supposed to discover one of the reasons not that like like the entire reason one of the reasons is they missed their decade of discovery so when others are sprouting they are trying to keep up with their friends they're trying to keep up with their friends they're trying to say guy 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 at this one so amenua shamba pale ameanza kujenga na mimi hata bado sijafanya hii bado sijafanya hii they say oh there's no hope for me they kill themselves because when you are in your 20s ulikuwa unapiga sherehe bro una time ya sherehe If you think if you sit down and think critically una time ya share yo share unapiga saa hii 10 years from now will you be will you, will you be happy at ulipiga share ukua 23 years unajua you don't think like that you don't think like you have no time if you put your ear, if you put your life in 10 10 in decades decades you realize that you have no you have no time because if anything you'll only live up to 7 decades 70 that is if you have strength and you fulfill scripture i pray that all of you will fulfill scripture You will live to you shall cross 70 with ease. Yeah. I say you will cross 70 with ease. Yeah. But some of you may not fulfill the scripture. So what happens? What happens? And you give your life to YOLO. Your body count right now is 70. And you are 23. Can you imagine? 70 and you are 23. That's the body count you have. 10 years from now will you be proud to say my body count is blah 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 x number when the reality of life will be hitting you you just say you are still in a bubble you are still in a bubble you just came from teenagehood so you were just a teenager just the other day 19 years you just cleared you are four years away from teenage past teenage so bad look on a joto the freedom but can you understand life is hands Sia life itaanza ishaanza Life sasa inaendelea It's now taking its course You are in the decade of discovery Then the third the second decade is a decade of sprouting The fourth decade is 40 to 50 It's called the decade of mentorship That's when you start seeing people start mentoring people who are younger than them to take over them Because at 50 automatically you know it's time to retire Ukishafika 50 unajua There's nothing much you can do at that stage. 
Can you imagine your 50 year old trying to start a career in sports? Your 50 year old dad. Anaeza, but the chances of making anything at 50. Not like you can't make it, you can, but the chances. You know, in every law, there, is, there are exemptions. But what, what people don't realize is that you may not be the exemption. <laughs> yeah, you may not be the exemption. You may, in the, you may be in the majority. You may be in the most, the ones, the greatest, the, the highest number. You might be there. You might be the common pool, not the exemption. So if you're in the common pool, what will happen? And most of us might be in the common pool. The door of opportunity is closed. The door of serving God is closed. So you start saying, Ah, all I'm saying is going to TV. I'm Jua. All I'm saying is church moja. I just bought a new one. Me and another new church. Kondo church is monangi squeezy. I think that Jua koyo church badu. Ati amekuanini. Ame appointi waka manani guy. I don't say anything. Pigia is in the kumbuka. But you had the same opportunity. You had the same opportunity. Same opportunity. You, if anything, all of you came from a poor background. Just one decided to follow Jesus and to serve Jesus. And he fulfilled the scripture. You shall serve the Lord your God and he shall do what? You, you said no. I will not serve God. Why should I serve God? I'm still young. I saw some, some ladies who were seated here. We were dancing during present worship and she was holding herself like this. And everybody is moving. I said, how can, how can a soul be dead? How dead can one be? That, that your soul is so dead that you cannot even feel the movement. Forget even about the Holy Spirit moving. Eh? That's the beat. Just move because of the beat. No reaction, even to the beat, dead. I said, hey, this is being a cadaver. It means the soul is dead. It's dead. <laughs> the door of salvation, the door of serving God is not always open. It's a limited door. It's like, let me say, it's called a limited offer. It's a limited offer. While, while stocks last. Black Friday, remember this is Black Friday, but we'll only have these items while stock lasts. So first come, first served. So bro, think critically, think about your life. You are thinking from a place of random, bogey. Ukisha fika 30, muliza watuasha fika, si ujwa wataja, oliza if they think mbogi. Oliza if they think mbogi. Ask them, go and ask a 30-year-old. If you find that 30-year-old who is thinking bogey, he's still in his 20s in his mind. He's still in his 20s in his mind. Yeah, uko 30 ni unafikiri mbogey bado. Bro, utajenga lini? Utaoka lini? Utanunua shamba lini? Uta invest lini? Bet. Investment yako ni bet. Unaekelea inakunywa maji, unaekelea inakunywa maji. Umeenda forex, umeintroduce landlord wako. Sasa hii nyinyi wote mnatafuta nyumba. Nyinyi wote sasa hii you are looking for a house. Unasema mimi crypto 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 ndio 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 nini yangu ndio breakthrough yangu unayekelea inapotea You know me look at the young people I say guy tuamuke tusuamuke like think think why are you looking at you, you I don't know what to tell you you look at a girl you wonder guy are you realizing you are getting old are you realizing the body is changing are you realizing that you will not be where you are always can you imagine there are things you used to do in your 20s that right now you can't do, physically speaking? Like this, you, in your 20s you could even bend all the way down. Now when I start bending, 
Hey. Unasikia? The body reminds you is you are no longer 20. Yeah. You used to do 180. Now you can't do it. Even 90 now is a problem. Is the body telling you? You just do 45. 45. You just do this. You can't do you can't even go to 60. But you used to do 180. Now it's just 45. Vita. <laughs> because you don't realize that that door has been shut. So ladies and gentlemen, an intellectual fervent door has been opened unto me. It is speaking about a door being open. And that door will not always be open. Yeah. If you come in the evening, do you expect to find that door open? So if you want to use that door, use it when? Use it when? Any door that God has opened in your life, use that door now. If you don't use it now, that door will be closed. In the same manner, there is a door called the door of church growth. And this door of church growth is joined to the door of serving Jesus. If you don't participate to serve Jesus, when others are participating, stop waiting for the same rewards with them when they are expecting their rewards. Wewe you are you are the same opportunity to walk it through that door. Mbona sasa yamshara unakuja? Ushona msijafanya kazi na nyinyi, alafu sasa yamshara atokelezea pia yeye. Atenda mimi nilipwe. Na alikuwa amelala mfanya job. I don't know how how people look at God. Some of us look at God as if someone who does not think, eh? That you can do your own things. Fanya mambo yako, alafu kuja muambie mzee God. When you, when you are all merciful. You are all gracious. Show me mercy. Najua sikufanya kanyo nuko nasema lakini niurumie. By the way atakurumia. But you have to bear the consequences of your decision. Kukurumia atakurumia atakwambia I have shown you mercy. But if you never served me, I have nothing to give you. Because mercy will show you. You say, "Oh, you want mercy? Oh, my mercies are new every morning. You'll have them." But the consequences of your decision, you have to live with them. It's like if you impregnate a girl before marriage. When you come, we will say, oh, God, show me mercy. God, forgive me. Oh, God will forgive you. He will actually show you mercy. But who will raise the child? <laughs> who will raise the child? Is it God or you? Who will buy pampas? Talk to me. Who will buy pampas? Pampas. <laughs> You can use all your money on pampas. Especially if there are those who eat. There are some kids who have nice appetite. They eat. You, the mother is happy. Hey, my baby is eating. You as a man, you are saying, no, no, no. You can't voice it. But in yourself, you are saying, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Because pampas is, I see people enjoying sex here. I say, you don't understand what you're doing. Don't enjoy sex now. Condom is 10 bob. Pampas is 100 bob. Piga sabu. Piga sabu. You are happy. You are spending because now the girl has said, then what if? Which is more expensive? Now, Pampa Sudan was at the location. Nimbaka is three or four years. Three years. Three years every week he's spending 12,000. 
1,000 on pampas every week. Tapi ada jio stories mulai new rumah. Mula jio ni ada tu pampas paket moja. Tanda pasi. Kau ni orang gas buih ni 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 guswa. Kau ni pasta mak pasta mak. Kau pasta ni orang gas. Ni lihat ni orang gas leh. Cukup aja pampas. Before you, before you do some things, consider the consequences of it. So when the door is open, jump into it. Jump into? Because that door will not always be open. So the door of church growth is a door that will not always be there. So the campaign for church growth, think about the campaign for church growth, is a door. And this door might not always be open. So what is a door? A door is an opportunity. A door is a chance to achieve something. I do believe, and I expect that you also believe, that there are great prospects for church growth. Do you believe that? I believe that God is building his church according to the scripture. I believe that the most important thing in this world today is the church. I believe the most important thing right now in the world is the church. Why do I say this? Because in my short years of life, I have seen great companies that are closing down, but I have not seen a church closing down. Tuskis was great. Where is Tuskis now? Dead. Gone. They think the CEO of the MD died recently. I think even maybe the reason why he died is the stress. I saw recently saw the cooperative bank is auctioning its properties. When a company is being auctioned, it means it's being declared insolvent, like it's over. Company Meisha. And Tuskis was huge, man. We used to like going into for window shopping into, into Tuskis. That was our Walmart. Nakumat is no more. High school visiting. So when you wholesale, That's because it was prestigious. Where is it right now? Where is it right now? Dead and gone. Ukwala, there's a supermarket called Ukwala. Do you remember Ukwala? No more. No more. Uchumi. My wife used to tell me they used to go to Langata Hyper Uchumi. That place was for the bougie people. You couldn't go there if you're not bougie. It was for the rich. So when my wife used to go hang out there, I said, hey, me, I had never, I had never entered. I had never entered. Uchumi Hyper. I entered when it's about to die, when it had nothing. And me nimejipeleka. Nisamange tu nilipitie uchumi hyper. It's no more. A lot of companies dead. But the church never dying, always advancing. So if you participated in building a company and that company is no more, how do you feel? Devastated, right? You gave all your energy and your vision to building a human entity, a human organization. It died. But when you participate to building the, what Jesus is building, it will never die. That is your greatest security. Building what Jesus is building. Like this church, I expect to find this church here a hundred years from now. Not in this very location. Because we'll, of course, we'll have built our cathedral. We are building a cathedral. We are buying land. Yes, all that we are doing it. You will see practically. One time you will come and find we have five acres. Three acres is parking. Your car has been there. Yesterday we were driving with my wife. Then I saw a certain lady in a, in a black Mercedes. Then I thought it was Lillian. This Lillian here. I told my wife, that lady looks like Lillian. 
I said, one day Lillian will have Mercedes like that one. Yes, I expect that. That's what I expect. Because we are participating in building what Jesus is building. What does not die. Jesus is the architect of the whole world. As the world died. They keep saying global warming, global warming. But do you think the world will die? Eh? Do you think trees will stop being trees? It's almost impossible. It's hypothetic to say that. Right? But other companies, as a way of vision, Safaricom. Who told you Safaricom will be there in the next few years? If anything, right now, Safaricom is moving away from, uh, from call to data. Because people no longer call. People know, the, the data, the revenue for call has gone down. The revenue for data has gone up. So what if even data goes down? Makes data free for everybody. The company is insolvent. It's dissolved. And you are busy building that vision. You knew this is it. If, who thought Nakumat could die? You know me, that shocked me. Didn't you? Were you not shocked? Nakumat. The thing had properties almost everywhere in Kenya. In East Africa, properties. Nakumat was not leasing a lot of the properties. They were owning those properties. And you know, for an organization to own property, maybe you are not in business. But let me give you a few business tips. One of the greatest things for a company to do is to own property. When a company owns, it is stronger. It is, it's, it's mightier than a company that is leasing. The day we own land will be stronger than when we are leasing land. The might will be stronger. So Nakumat was most of the properties they were in. They were the anchor tenants. Like they were owning the place. So everybody else was lending. Then it's normal. When you are young, Miss Kumoja, that's when you can share the Nakumat. As you give your shares and Nakumat, one million of Fanyanini. That's why you have to participate in what Jesus is participating on. Jesus is building it. Tell about Jesus is building his church. Building the church of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, building the church of Jesus is far greater than participating in anything else. You may say, hey, Pastor, but me, I want to be a sportsman. I'll, I'll become the greatest basketballer. But for how long? Basketballers retire at what age? 25. 45. They retire at 45. Hey, not like footballers. Footballers retire younger, in their 30s. Basketballers, 45. It depends with the time you are. The time you want to retire. But do you think a 45-year-old can play like a 20-year-old? If all factors remain constant. Will they? So who do you think the teams will be going for? The 19-year-old. That's why football, if you are 30, they start putting you kidogo, 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 they remove you. Most footballers retire in their, in their mid-30s. Rarely do they get... I don't, is that a footballer who is 40 years? Who? Eh? Cristiano is 37. But you see, there are few, not many. Many, that's why I said earlier on that in every rule there are exemptions. But the common pool, there are so many who retire when they are young because they start being preferred. They start preferring the younger ones more than the older ones. Because the younger ones can do more drills, they can score more goals, they are more productive. But the old ones, they are being retired. 
So you cannot say that, oh me, what I'm going to do is what will keep me. No. Anchor yourself to what does not die. And what does not die? What Jesus is building. Remember, what Jesus is building is what will not die. So like everything else, your call will be tested and contested. Like everything else, your call for church growth will be tested and contested. Satan will not just allow you to have it easy. He will fight you with every step of the way. You must begin an aggressive campaign to achieve church growth and to see the fulfillment of this prophecy in your life. You must begin an aggressive campaign to achieve church growth and to see the fulfillment of this prophecy in your life. So what is a campaign? A campaign is a systematic course of aggressive activity for some specific purpose. I repeat, write this down. A campaign is a systematic course of aggressive activity for some specific purpose. So church growth campaign is a systematic course of aggressive activity towards church growth. It is important that all Christians take up a systematic, progressive, aggressive activity that will lead to church growth. It is important that all Christians take up a systematic progression of aggressive activities that will lead to church growth. But unfortunately, many Christians don't respect their religion enough to apply themselves to this campaign. Unfortunately, many Christians don't respect their religion enough to apply themselves to this aggressive campaigns. Other religions are doing excessive mass campaigns to have more people join their religion. Some religions are going to the extent of paying people money to convert into their religion. I know somebody was offered money to convert to a certain religion here in Kenya. Offered money. But he used to be called Jonathan Motesia. That's because of money. But you don't respect your religion. Christianity is not respected anymore. Because the people who should show respect for it are seated down thinking that they don't need to do anything for people to become Christians. But can you imagine if people never became aggressive for you and I to become Christians? Would we be Christians right now? So how come you're seated down comfortable? You're not respecting and you're not willing to apply yourself to aggressive campaigns towards becoming a Christian and towards making more people Christians. You are okay that Christianity is no longer the fastest growing religion. You are okay with that. You are okay to, have, to even have a Muslim president. You are okay. You say, Miss Nashida, she's born president. You don't know what consequences that can create. You are okay. You don't give about it. You don't give. You are failing your faith. Tell me you are failing your faith. You are failing your faith. If you look at other religions, your age mates in other religions, what they are engaged in, about their faith. You know, I, I know several because I interact with them at the golf course. You hear somebody is 
almost your age mate. But what he's doing for his faith, you look at your age mates in Christianity, you say, are we in the same world? Are we in the same world? People are doing extra for their faith, extra for their church, extra for their God. But our age mates, Nishisha too. Nishisha. Nawaschana. Tombe sigara. Ndiyo inakukimbiza. Nawaschana. Well, you have age mates in other religions are rising up and fighting for their faith. You that belongs to the true faith, you're not interested. Uko PS. FIFA. Uko base FIFA. When you stand before God in heaven, what will you say? Ulikuwa FIFA. Ulikuwa FIFA. Then you wonder why there's a decline in morality in the society. It's because of people like you. People who are not interested anymore to advance their faith. You are allowing other people to advance their faith. If you don't watch out, there's a certain religion in this country. It might be the supreme religion of this country a few years from now. If you don't watch out. And you will be in a very bad place. Not even you actually, your children. Your children will be in a very bad place. They'll have to do some things. That right now you are finding them uncomfortable to do. Then they'll have no choice. They'll have to bow. Because the leader of the land is from that other religion. You don't understand why we need to have more Christians in the nation. We, have to, we need to have more Christians in the nation. For the sake of the fabric of this nation. If this nation is to remain strong. What made America great by the way? Those who know. America became great because it was a Christian nation. That is why it became great. All the empires of the world that became great empires, it is empires that embrace Christianity. All the way from the Ottoman Empire, the Spanish Empire, the French Empire, the British Empire, all of them became great because of what? Christianity. Because anytime you participate in building, what Jesus is building, you become great. If I were you, I would participate in building the faith, building the church. Because I'm sure that will make me great. Why am I standing before you today? Am I standing to speak? Am I your lecturer? Am I teaching you finance? Am I teaching you uh, accounts? What am I teaching you? The faith, right? What has made me great? What has made you listen to me? Because I'm participating with Jesus. I'm a co-laborer with Jesus in building the church. That is what has made me great today. But you don't want to be great. You are busy seated down. This message is a wake-up call. It is a call to stir you up towards wanting to participate in enhancing and growing your faith. Don't watch your faith decline. What will we tell her? What will we hand over to our children? What will we hand over to our children? What will we give them as an inheritance? The Bible says a godly man leaves inheritance for his children's children. Inheritance is not just money. Inheritance is what the Bible says in Timothy. Timothy, I know your faith which you inherited from your grandmother. I know your faith which you did what? Inherited from your grandmother, Louise. What inheritance will you give to your children? The greatest inheritance I want to give to my children is my faith. My faith in Jesus. Because my faith in Jesus has taken me through the valleys and up the mountains. 
My faith in Jesus has taken me to mountaintops. My faith in Jesus has made me overcome depression. My faith in Jesus has made me overcome suicide. My faith in Jesus has made me overcome disease. That's the greatest inheritance I want to give to my children. Not money, not cars. All those things can be taken away, but your faith can never be taken away. Your faith can never be taken away. Nobody can take your faith. And look, you can lose everything. But if you remain with faith, you will gain everything back. Because faith is an answer. But you're not taking care of it. You're not participating in your faith. Christianity is dying because you're sitting down playing PS. You are answerable and the blood of your children is in your hands. The blood of this generation is in your hands. Nobody will save this generation. It's the obligation of this generation to rise up and do systematic, aggressive campaigns to make sure that the church of Jesus is filled. Don't you feel bad when you find a club is more full than the church? Does it not break your heart that the, the gate to hell is wider than the gate to heaven? Does it not break your heart to see your classmates dying and going to hell? And you know clearly this guy is going to hell. But you are okay with that. What I call the cool kids. I don't talk about anything about my religion. I don't talk about Jesus. I want to be accepted. My, well, accepted my foot. Accepted my foot. I will not watch you go to hell. I will not watch you go to hell. I will not watch you. I remember a story recently I was reading. A true story of a young man who had a dream. And in the dream, it was actually a vision. He was with his friend back in university. Then that friend, they stayed for like several years without seeing each other. So him, he advanced his life, knew Jesus, went ahead and even became a pastor. And at that time, he was in seminary. He was in Bible school. So when he was having this dream, in the dream, he saw himself and his friend. And Jesus took him and took, took him straight to hell. When he went to hell, he found his friend in hell. And the friend was holding him by the throat, asking him, how could you know that there is a place like this and you never mentioned it to me? How could you know that people will go to hell and burn and never told me that people could go to hell and burn? Why did you allow me to get to this place I am in right now that I can't come out? I'm in torment and pain while you knew the truth and you kept it to yourself. So the boy was devastated. He was hurt. So he woke up from the vision. When he woke up, the first call that he received was from the mother. And the mother was calling him to inform him that his friend had died on Friday while he was having the vision on Sunday. And the burial is on Tuesday. So the mother was calling him to ask him to come for the burial. When he, told, when he was told that story, he was broken. He cried. During the burial, he cried. He couldn't believe that he is going to a burial of his friend and he already knows his fate. Because that vision was a true vision. The guy was in hell. So when people were saying, oh Lord, rest him in peponi, rest him in peace. He knew he's not in peace. He knew he's in hell. Because he was not willing to break his comfort and talk about his religion. He was not willing to go extra to win souls. He was comfortable. 
You are okay with your lipstick and your mascara and your makeup. You are okay looking good. You are happy. You are happy that you, are, you know Jesus and you come to church. You are happy. But you are not concerned about that neighbor next door. You are not concerned about that deskmate of yours. You are not concerned about that colleague of yours. You are not concerned about your brother. If they die right now, you are assured, just like I am assured, that they will go to hell. But you don't want to participate in aggressive, systematic campaigns to win the lost and bring them to Jesus. You are comfortable. You are happy. God will judge you. I'm telling you, God will judge you. Their blood will be on your hands. Their blood will be on your hands. The Bible says, I'll require of your blood, of their blood in your hands. I'll require of it. I will not question them for their blood. I will question you. I will question you. Because you do not want to participate. You do want to pray. Pray. You do want to have an inheritance that you can pass over to your children. Genuine faith. Which was given to your... Which was... What the Bible says... When I, I, when, I call to, when, I, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Louise, and your mother, Eunice. That same faith, and now I'm persuaded, that same faith is also in you. Will your children say that? Will your children say that? One time my wife asked me a question that has always been in my mind. How we used to say, I am who I am today because of the prayers of my mother. Will our children say that of this generation? Will your children say that because of these girls? Will your children say it's because of the prayers of my mother that I, that I, I, I came out of alcohol? Will they say that? Do you even have time to pray for your children? Do you? The girls of today, will you be touching your toes or will you be praying for your children? Will you be praying for your marriages and your husbands? Will somebody come and say, will somebody come Will somebody come and say that? Ama, you will be the facilitator to take them to hell. You will be, be the aggravator. The one making it faster for them to go to hell. Will, will our children say that I am who I am today because of the prayers of my mother? Will they? Where are those girls now to pray? Where are those girls? They are talking. The girls who should be praying are working. Could you, have you, has your mother, have you taken over the inheritance of faith from your mother? Have you taken it over? Because I think all, all elderly women are born again. All of them pray. It's a requirement, I think. All of them. You, have you, as, as you, have you taken over your mother? You, you used to find her in the morning praying 3 a.m. Mentioning, you used to hear her from the living room. Mentioning, he's mentioning your father. He's mentioning you. He's mentioning your sister. He's mentioning everybody in the family. Even the most rebellious one. You'd hear your mother mention her name. You will not be said of you. Of your children. I'm not talking about the children. I'm hipster. I'm biker shots. Will it be without what is be said? That... <laughs> Like recently, I saw someone saying that he's, the, he's a guy, but he's the mother who buys him clothes to cross-dress. I said, hey, to me fika apo. Hey. I said, if my mother was alive, she would say, take me back to the grave. Will that be said of you? It is you who taught your children how to fornicate. You're the one who gave your children the first condom. You say, you are now a man. This is what men carry. Take. 
It looks funny, but that is what will happen if you don't watch out. If you're not aggressive to winning souls, if you're not aggressive to church growth, listen, this generation is lost. If you don't stand out, stop thinking as if there are many people who think like you. There are not many people, you're just a remnant. It is just a few people who are holding to the thought I'm holding on. Very few people have this thought. No longer do we have these thoughts. People have become modernized. You become liberals. You don't care. It is just a few conservatives who are remaining and saying, no, this is not the way we should go. Right now, I hear the Kikuyu men have turned away from Jesus. They are now following something called Kiyama. They are saying, uh, Jesus is no longer our help. We are now going to this way. And it's young men who are joining it. Not old men. Young men. The old men are actually fighting it. They are saying, no, you can't do that. That is not what has brought us this far. But young men are joining and saying they are not going to worship the God of the mountain. What is left of this generation? What is left of us? You are saying, oh, Christianity is a white man's religion. My God. When did, when did Jesus become white or black? When did he become white or black? When did your creator have a color? When did he have a color? When he was creating you, you think he, you think he did not know you are black and he's white. If he's at all, he's white. What is left of this generation? Nikulewa tu, KK. Nakonyagi. Nakonyagi. Those are the things that are affecting your soul. Those are the things that matter to you. When we say one member, two souls, you say, I miss Kuji Namutu. You don't want to participate in this campaign of rescuing a generation. You are comfortable when people sinning. Recently, I was telling some guys. I read a post actually. If the religion you have or the theology you have about God is don't just judge me. You don't have the full theology. You don't have the full theology. What you have is Oprah Winfrey's theology of God is love. God is love, yes, but God is also a judge. The Bible says the same God who came to save us, he came as a savior, but soon he's coming as a judge and a king. That same God who came as a savior, when he comes back again to you, pastor, he's not coming to you as a savior. He's coming to you as a judge. A judge is not here to save you. A judge is here to offer, to give verdicts, to give judgment. When you stand before the judge of your soul, of your spirit, where will you be standing? What will you tell God? Because one of these fine days you will stand there. That's the truth. You will stand before God, Katunge. That's the truth. And it may not be long from now. Don't think you have served up to 70 years. Who has told you? You can die tonight. Tonight. Your friend can die tonight. But you don't want to participate in an aggressive campaign of touch group. You want to participate in an aggressive campaign. You are okay doing roadshows for vodka and Smanov. You are okay doing roadshows for blue, blue moon. You will dance on those tracks. You will shake your bam bam. You're not even scared. You will even advertise condom. You're not scared. But if you tell you stand on a bus and preach, that's saying, that's what I'm that's where you draw the line. You say, what you say, you are okay with that. 
I'm telling you, God will judge you. The judgment of God is coming on you. And it will be severe. No wonder right now there are diseases in this world you cannot mention. It's the judgment of God. It's the judgment of God. Hey, dementia. Ah, no come here, Twenty-one. dementia. Hi. arthritis. diabetes. Hey, True. We used to know this. You go to the judgment of God is coming on this generation. It's coming on this generation. Because nobody is willing to fight for the cause of Jesus. You are fighting for every other cause minus the cause of Jesus. Say you are to you are going to be a politician. You are a politician. You are there fighting for a politician. But when I say stand and fight for the campaign of Jesus, participate in an aggressive campaign of church growth, of winning souls, that's where you draw the line. You say no. And what you don't understand is soon you will stand before the judge of life. You will stand before God. What one of you are not God that you don't believe in God. You see one thing about God, whether you believe in him or not, you will face him. <laughs> That's the reality. You will face him. Whether you believe or not, you have to face him. It is what it is. Take it or leave it. He is there. He is living. And you will face him one day. You will stand before him one day. You are not there. I was just joking. I knew you were there, but I knew we will talk. Talk my food. This is the time to talk. This is the time to reason. This is the time to participate in aggressive campaigns that will change this generation. Unless you are willing to throw this generation to the gutter. Unless you are willing. Unless you are ready to see the whole generation perish. Because as it looks like, if you don't rise up, and I don't rise up, this generation is a gone story. Right now we glorify homosexuality. We are making it look cool. I will never look according to the Bible. It is not cool. And if you are part of this church, you should know the stand of this church. We will not discriminate you. We will not say, oh, we don't love you. We will love you. But the stand of this church is the stand of the Bible. And the stand of the Bible is, that is evil. And that is what we stand for. That is what we stand for. Now you are glorifying it. You are making it look cool. You are making it look cool. You have, the Bible says that they have made sin look cool. They even pay rewards for those who invent sins. In Romans. They, pay, they give rewards for people who invent new sins. Though, and those who do it best are honored. That's the generation we are living in. Oh, we are living in the last days of Kiriani joke. It's not a joke. We are actually living in the last days. If you look clearly with the spiritual eye, you will see everything Jesus said will happen. It's actually happening. Jesus said that nations shall rise up against nations. He did not say that. Then he said, when you see those things, just know these are the things that should happen before the end. Are we not seeing them? Are we not seeing them? Are we not seeing them? Talk to me, my people. Are we not seeing them? Are we not seeing people glorify sin? Now sin is not called sin, it's called weakness. We don't call it sin. That's my own weakness, young. Yeah. Father, <laughs> have mercy on us. You are okay pursuing a career. That's what is your mind. 
I want to pursue a career. If I ask you, who wants to be a missionary? Nobody. Who wants to be a lawyer? Ah! Who wants to work for KPLC? Ah! <laughs> who wants to work for NYS? You are okay. But if I ask who wants to be a missionary, who wants to go out and win souls? How will I survive? Such questions of surviving start arising. When you become a lawyer, do you know how you will survive? You know you can be a lawyer who doesn't have clients. <laughs> yeah. And you die poor. You can be a lawyer and you die poor. Yeah, you can have a degree and never get a job. How do you, how do you survive? When you're on a mission, is when, how, how, how will I survive start arising? How will my wife eat? When you are broke and you didn't have a job, how is your wife eating? All through Jesus I surrender All through Him my freely give I will ever love and trust Him In His presence daily I respect their religion and their faith enough to apply themselves to these aggressive campaigns. They don't plan and develop a series of aggressive activities. And even if they are planned, they don't participate in them because they don't want to see church growth happening. They don't want to see the kingdom of God advancing. When I'm speaking about church growth, I'm speaking about the kingdom of God advancing, the kingdom of God becoming great. The Bible says we are the salt of the earth then how can the salt be enough if the salt is little? You see, the beauty about salt, it should not be too much, it should not be too little. The salt should be just enough. Just enough. But how will it be just enough when you are not doing your part? You are not doing your part. You are not participating in your part. You are expecting others to do it, but you will not do it. You will not, be, you will not bring your two souls towards the Soul and Sunday campaign. Towards the aggressive campaign we are calling Swollen Sunday. You will not bring your two souls. How will the salt be enough? How will it be enough, my friends? How will it be enough? How will it be enough? You are comfortable when your friends are going to hell. You are comfortable, you are okay. Even this message is not moving you. You're just okay. May the Spirit of God break your hearts. May the Holy Spirit break your hearts to make you realize the place we are in. We're in a dangerous place. We're in a place that needs action. We're in a place that needs revival. We need to be carriers of revival. How shall we speak of? How shall we say? What shall we speak of? What shall we say who God is? But you don't even know God. How will you give him over to your children? 
How will you extend that faith? While you yourself, you don't even know him. You have no relationship with him. You come to church because it's, uh, it's cool to come to church. Ladies and gentlemen, church growth is possible. Church growth is difficult, but it is possible. It is possible when you do your part and I do my part. This campaign is possible. It is not easy. It's not nice. Per se. But it is possible. If people are aggressive towards advertising Blue Moon, towards advertising Safaricom, I, I recently I met young people here dancing in the, in the sun, advertising an internet company. I said if they can do this for an earthly reward of 500 shillings, then we can do more for the kingdom of God. We can do more for an eternal reward. You don't have eternity in mind. That's the problem. You don't have eternity in mind. You don't realize that one day you'll stand before God. One day you'll be in eternity. You'll be standing before God. And God will be asking you, I gave you this opportunity. What did you do with it? You don't have that. May the Spirit of God break our hearts. Let Him break our hearts. The Lord breaks His heart. Because what we are concerned with is the least of His concerns. You are concerned with looking cool. Appearing nice. But that is the least of the concerns when it comes to Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to participate in this church growth campaign. So every campaign or every church growth campaign must have three elements. Element number one. Element number one. Church growth campaign must be systematic. It must be systematic. And that's why we are saying every member must bring how many souls? Two souls. We are being systematic. We're not just doing haphazard. We're not just doing a campaign for the sake of it. We are doing a campaign that is systematic. Because every campaign must have a systematic approach. Number two, a church growth campaign must consist of series of aggressive activities. It must contain series of aggressive activities. Series of aggressive activities. Right now there's a military campaign happening in Ukraine that is fronted by Russia. That campaign is very aggressive. They are using tanks, they are using helicopters, they are using jet fighters, they are even threatening to use nuclear. Because they are using every aggressive activity they can get hold of to achieve the end goal of their campaign. As Christians, we will use every opportunity, every activity within our reach, we will use it to achieve our end. Our end must be achieved. And our end is that this nation and our generation must know Jesus. Must know Jesus. Yes. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you are living a life of deceit. And my wife told me recently that the worst thing to do to yourself is to cheat yourself. She was actually telling someone, don't lie to yourself. Because when you lie to yourself, you're in a state of self-deception. That is worse than when someone lies to you. When someone lies to you, you can see in between the deceit. But when it's you lying to yourself, you can't see. You're blinded. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded their eyes. What has blinded them? Deceit. Deceit has blinded them. 
you feel it's cool just to come to church and sit down. It's cool to show up in church and look at me and a love group. See, that's money in the church. Me and a love group. You are in deceit, my friend. You are in deceit. A church growth campaign must have several aggressive activities like Swollen Sunday. Swollen Sunday is an aggressive activity where everybody must participate. Do your part. I will do my part. Otherwise, God will judge you for not doing your part. God will judge you. How many believe that God is a God of love? I also want you to believe that God is a God of judgment. I also want you to believe that God is a God of judgment. He is a double-edged coin. Double-sided coin. He is love and he judges. The Bible says he came as a savior. He will come as a king and as a judge. Aggressive activities are an element of church growth campaign. Yes, that's why we are participating in one member, two souls. John 3.16. We are participating in this. You have a place to play. I have a place to play. We have a place to pray. We say this is our year of increase, right? Uh, we say this is what is our theme for this year? Our year of great. And one area of increase is what? The church. The church. Because the church is the most important. This church is more important than my life. It's more important than my life. It's more important. Because this church speaks of your souls. Your souls were won at a higher price than anything. The price that won you is the blood of Jesus. Not the blood of goods. Not the blood of men. The blood of Jesus, your Savior. Ladies and gentlemen, a church growth campaign must consist of a series of aggressive activities. Number three, a church growth campaign must have a specific purpose. The purpose of our campaign is John 3.16. A church growth campaign must have a specific purpose. The purpose of our, this campaign is John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever who believes in him should not do what? But have everlasting life. Why do you want others to perish? Why? 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 We must have a specific purpose. We must have a common purpose where you and I achieve that purpose. You have your part, I have my part. Yeah. What's the name of that game that you put puzzles in? And every person must fit in its place. Jigsaw. You are part of a jigsaw. If you don't put your part, even if I put my part, the puzzle will not be complete. It will never fit. Because there's a part you're supposed to play and there's a part I'm supposed to play. God is expecting you to play your part in his kingdom. There's a part you have to play, my friend. And there's a part I have to play. There's a part Maggie, you have to play. And there's a part I have to play. I can't play your part. You can't play my part. Everybody has their part. When we stand before God, God will not question you about Pastor Mark's part. He will question you about your part. What did you do for that campaign? Where did you participate? You were sleeping. When the pastor was talking about that serious campaign, this is the heartbeat of Jesus. This is more important than giving offerings. This is more important. It is more important than singing. 
You can come here and sing and go to hell. You can dance and go to hell. But you can never participate in winning a soul and go to hell. Because the Bible says those who win souls are wise. How many want to be wise here? You cannot be wise if you don't win souls. Those who win souls are they that are wise. And the Bible says they shall shine like the stars of the heavens. You will shine like a star of the heavens. And look, God wants you to shine. God wants you to make you wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is wise. When you win a soul, you are wise. And the Bible says in the book of Daniel, those who win souls or those who lead many to righteousness, they shall shine like the stars of the firmament. You will shine. How many want to shine here? God is giving you an opportunity to shine today. Yes. What will change your life is winning a soul. Winning a soul can cause God to give you that job you've been asking for for the rest of your life. Since you graduated, you've been asking for a job. Oh Lord, give me a job, give me a job, give me a job. God can give you a job just because you've won one soul. Your prayer can be answered. It could be the catalyst to answers of your prayer. Just one soul. There's nothing that God will not do. If God gave his very best to gain what he couldn't lose, no God could not lose us. But he gave his dear. He gave what he could have kept to gain what he can't lose. He would have chosen to keep Jesus. But he was willing to lose Jesus to gain you. If, Jesus were, if God went to that extent, why do you think he will withhold himself from giving you what is yours? From giving you a job? Ladies and gentlemen, those who are wise shall shine. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So in short, the Bible is saying, those who turn many to righteousness, they shall shine like the stars of the firmament. Everybody wants to shine here. Nobody doesn't want to shine. God is giving you an opportunity to shine. But in your hands right now, you're holding a commitment form or a commitment slip. I want you to think of that friend of yours, that neighbor of yours who doesn't know Jesus. And you want them to know Jesus. And you're committing. You will do anything within your reach. Anything within your reach. Anything within your power. Anything within your power to make sure they come to Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11 verse 29, Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me Take my yoke upon me and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls verse 30 For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Message Bible from verse 29. Take my yoke. One, two, three. Can you read together? Uh-uh. Everybody should read one, two, three. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the enforced rhythm of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and we'll learn to live freely and lightly. God is saying, come work with me. What is the work Jesus is doing? 
Jesus is doing the work of winning souls. That's the work he's doing. He's saying, come walk with me in this journey and learn the rhythm of grace. I will not burden you. There is no day when you choose to work for Jesus, it becomes a burden. Because in the rhythm of grace, when you choose to work with him, there's no burden. He says, keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company means stay with me. Do the things I do. So God is telling you, exchange your burden. What is your yoke? What is that thing that is stressing you? I want you to extend it to God. I want you to open your heart right now and open your mouth and tell God, Lord, this is my yoke. My yoke is that I don't have a job. My yoke is that I don't have a beloved. My yoke is that I'm sick or my mother is sick. This is my yoke. This is what is making it hard for me to move. This is what is making it hard for me to move. I want you to speak to God right now and tell him, Lord, this is my yoke. I'm not able to graduate. This is my yoke. I don't have school fees. This is my yoke. My yoke, Lord, is that I'm in masturbation. I'm a fornicator. This is my yoke, Lord. My yoke is this. That's my yoke, Lord. Take my yoke. Now tell him, Lord, take this yoke. Take this yoke. Then God is telling you, my yoke is the souls of men. If I'm going to take your yoke, you have to take my yoke. There has to be an exchange. There has to be an exchange. If I'm going to take your yoke, you have to take my yoke. If I'm going to take your yoke, you have to take my yoke. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him I commit to God how many souls you will win for him how many souls you are going to bring for, the, for this aggressive campaign on 20th of this month, how many souls you will bring right down there right down there, right Lord these are my souls that I will bring to you and in return I want you to handle this yoke right down there, right the yoke you want him to handle, you want him to handle your joblessness you want him to handle your you are, what are they called? You are, your issues. All the issues that you want, write them down. I surrender 
about tomorrow. I want you to think about it right now. According to us, but your yoke is light. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, do that which only you can do, Lord. Lord, thank you, Father. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Mighty Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of the Living God. Now, I want you to lift that paper. Fill that paper, lift it up to the Lord. I see some people are yet to lift them up. Is that you don't have or you've not filled? If someone is not lifting, help them. Maybe they have not filled or they don't understand English. Maybe help them. If you're next to them, help them. Ask them. Maybe I leave it. And this is by faith. If you don't have faith, don't do it actually. Bible says anything that is done without faith is sin. So we don't have faith in what we are doing. Don't do it. You'll be sinning. You'll be sinning. Don't do it. Anything that is not done by faith is sin. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. So there's no point of adding to your sins. Father, these are commitment forms we are signing with you. The Bible says that you are a God who keeps your contract. Last week we saw that, Lord, the Bible says that you will keep your contract of peace with us. So, Father, I believe and I know you are a covenant-keeping God. There is no day we will carry your yoke and you fail to carry our yoke. There is no day we will fail to carry your yoke and you fail to carry our yoke. Father, if we can carry your yoke, you can equally carry our yoke. So, Father, right now, we are making a commitment to you. 
that will bring this number of souls to you in exchange for you carrying our souls and rather carrying our yokes and our commitments lift up your 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 commitment and repeat after me say father I can't hear you say father this is a commitment of love I want to carry your yoke say father I want to try and carry your yoke I want to fulfill scriptures to see Lord that you are faithful as well in fulfilling the scriptures father I am participating in this aggressive campaign by bringing this amount of souls mention your souls by bringing this amount of souls in exchange for these things I've written here Father you've never been a liar I believe and I know this issue shall be solved in the name of Jesus as I participate in this work in Jesus name Father You've never lied to me. You've never lied to us. Thank you because you will do far above our expectation and our thoughts in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap offering? So, so I want you to keep I want you to keep that commitment form. That commitment form, you will bring it back on 20th during John 3:16. As you've come with your soul, bring back that commitment form and I'll pray for it. Are we together? Are we together? You've been, you're in, you're in commitment with God. In short, you're in covenant with God. If you fulfill your side, you'll fulfill his side. Hallelujah.